Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football is back, and BetOnline remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is the Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show, where, of course, we wax poetic about the Arizona Cardinals here in the Phoenix metropolitan area. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Javon J. Love Adams, and with me, as always, is the one and only Ed Easy Smith. Not only did he play professional baseball, but he also played in the National Football League, was a part of that first uh, Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl bound team. And it's funny, Ed, and I'll introduce our guest in a second. I was, uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine earlier today and his, his father, um, has a, has a World Series ring from the Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Royals, uh, when they won the, when they won the World Series recently. And okay. so it was cool to see that ring because it's the same thing when he, when he pulled it out, everybody in the area kind of just, it was a magnet to, every, to everybody want to feel it and touch it and put it on their hand. So it reminds <laughs> me of when you bring, when you bring your ring around as well. But, um, how you living, man? I'm doing good, man. The good thing about his though, his was a winning one. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad at my 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 NFC Championship ring. I just wish it was a Super Bowl winning ring, but I'll take it. I ain't giving it back. Indeed, yeah, he ain't giving that back. And as always, a, a family member is joining us. It's uh from he's a uh, not only he's from the casual house, but he's also a part of the Believe family as well. So it's the one and only Earl Casual E Burnett to talk a little bit of uh, talk some football with us. What's good, brother Earl? Not much, guys. How you guys doing? Doing Ooh, good, man. Doing good to see you, bro. Again, love talking to you guys. You know yes, indeed. Go. You know how we get down. So we are. So as we do this every week now, two times a week on Mondays and on Thursdays. And so as we are, the Thursday show is always looking ahead to what the the upcoming opponent is and kind of breaking that down. And of course, uh, we love to have Casual E in here, and I'm sure that he's he's very passionate. Ed and I are, are more of those even keel kind of relax. Hey, this is what it is, man. We just say it, but every once in a while, That's you can you can get. <laughs> every once in a while you can find you can find casual e just you, you push the right button and he just goes but so of course the 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 matchup this week is the seattle seahawks the uh, arizona cardinals are on the road which is a good thing because they can't seem to win at home anymore the last eight games they've lost uh on at home since uh, what was it i think there was the october 24th of last season so let's get into this a little bit let's let's talk about we the this matchup i want to talk from the from the Arizona Cardinals side and then we'll get to the Seattle side but e casual e what do you see so far the the Cardinals and the Seahawks both two and three it's a bunched up AF, NFC West um not caught, I think how we how we saw it kind of shaping up at least early on what do you see that gives you pause about the Arizona Cardinals so far this season as we are getting into week number six Wow, that's a loaded question. As simple as it is to answer is simply as the slow starts continue, that's where everything's going to go at. Um, that's, that's giving me pause no matter what team we're playing against. If the quarterback 
and the coach are not on the same page to get this team flowing and going at the same time and both defense and offense as we start to play as a cohesive unit, uh, it's the slow starts, bro. I mean, that's just, that's just, that's been to, that's been the mark of this season. It's the slow starts and not scoring any points in the first quarter. The only team left in the whole league that hasn't scored a point in the first quarter, not even a field goal, even the worst team scored a field goal. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's going to be the, the, the slow starts for me. And what about you? What about what about you, Easy? What do you think about what gives you pause about this team? Because I, I think there are things that we can maybe I guess because if you look at the glass as half empty, then you see that half empty or half full, you see as more opportunity or you see more doom and gloom. But what do you see them about this team so far, five weeks in that gives you pause about this team? Well, you know, we both come into the game with the same record, but I would actually be more encouraged uh with the two and three record with the Seahawks because at the start of the season, everybody had the Seahawks basically being a dumpster fire. And what we've seen from them so far is a whole lot more fight than what the Cardinals have put up uh, in the beginning. You know, we, we just thought their offense, meaning Seattle was just going to be trash. Mm-hmm. Minus Russell Wilson. Uh, you had to choose between Geno Smith and Drew Locke and was like, Ugh, you know, can we, can we take <laughs> neither? You know, but as it come to, you come to find out, the Seattle defense is actually the problem for the, the Seahawks, not their offense. Geno Smith has done, I would dare say, a, a, a acceptable job, uh, you know, and even put it in comparison to what Wilson is doing over in Denver. You look at what they're doing, and, you know, that this is one of those games that at the start of the season we did all of our picks. This was a game that was like, well, we're going to go up there and mollywop these dudes, you know. And as <laughs> yeah. both teams are playing – you know, I'm looking at this game and, you know, I had the Cardinals coming into this one at two and three, but walking away three and three. I'm not so confident about that because of the way the Cardinals, as Earl said, they start these games raggedy. And then now we're having issues at the end of the games. So, you know, confidence is not flying high for me as far as this matchup. Why are you going to call somebody raggedy, man? Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> as, as, hey, as Earl said, we haven't scored our first quarter point yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've had teams who getting they've gotten safeties in the first quarter. We can't even muster one over. <laughs> so let's go back to casual E. So so E, I know you break down film and you look at a lot of different things, but one of the things that we and we always talk about this on uh, on the radio show that we do on on uh, Easy Sports Talk is the the nervous nature that we that often comes across with with Cliff Kingsbury. Is this more coaching in terms of the slow starts? Is it is it just something that's not clicking inside the locker room, or is it where do you where do you put your finger on? that and what does cliff need to do to be able to if not even to to really prevent falling behind early and really trying to get that keep that momentum instead of having a five and out or or four and out and and those types of things what is where do you place where do where do you put like cliff kingsbury and his responsibility in this you know bro i've been listening to a lot of these stations and everybody's got nobody can put their finger on this whole thing of why they're starting like they're starting and it has to start from the coaching staff, of course, from Cliff. But if I had to just, just you know, go crazy in my head and figure out something that's starting this, I got to lean on something that nobody's saying, and that's a weak-minded coach. Whoa, wait a minute. What I, what I mean by that is here's a guy that is in the media basically admitting that he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. I mean, when you hear him talk in the media, when they ask him questions about the slow starts and 
well, maybe I'm not calling the right plays. Or, or Those are weak-minded answers to questions. You're supposed Ooh. to stand up there and say, hey, look, we are grinding. We're trying to do the best we can. We're going to try to figure this thing out. You don't tell the team that you're about to go play. I don't know. I don't know what it is, why we can't do this. And I hope we do this. And I hope, I hope you hear that word, I hope. We, every week, we're hearing the same exact thing from this coach. And I'm like, dude, you should have some type of clue. He even said, our 15-play script's not even working. Dude, why are you saying those things in the public? That's mm. just giving me, as a listener, as an analyst, like, this dude really has no confidence in what he's doing right now. And so that's where it starts, bro. It starts with him and his quarterback getting on the same page and him being a stern leader on that quarterback and yeah. telling that quarterback to get his butt under center and make things different for that dang team so people can stop getting that predictable look all the time. That's mm. their problem. And, mm. and that's the only thing I can come up with, bro, because outside of that, outside of that, it's just the college coach ain't working in the NFL. That's all I can come up with, as simple as it is. So easy. So go off of what, what Earl said. I mean, I think it when he said it, it just it makes it makes so much sense in the way in, in terms of you want you if your dad walks into the room or to talk to your teacher, you don't want your dad to say, Well, I'll try to work with him at home and we'll try exactly. to do it. You you want your dad to say, We go okay, we no, we're gonna get we're gonna get this taken care of. Well if, if this is what it needs to do. So what do you what are your in response to what Earl said? What do you think about that, Easy? Uh, Earl spot on, and I'll take it a little step fur- further. It's all about the preparation, man. Mm. It's all about, you know, as you mentioned, we're we're doing the same. I mean, we're so predictable. I can almost tell you what the, the first 10 to 15 players are going to be, and I'm talking from game to game. I mean, yeah. it's almost like we just, you know, take that game plan from last week, uh, not even, you know, change it up a little bit with some formations, with some motions. Right with some, you know, different personnel groups. You know, we come out, we do the same thing each week, and then you wonder why, you know, teams pretty much just kind of know what we're doing. And that does fall on the head of one Cliff Kingsbury. And as far as, like, the scripting and stuff like that, scripting is used to to find stuff out. If if you're coming out with the same game plan right. as last week, you already know what's going to happen. You don't even <laughs> – I mean, you know, it's not like we're doing anything different to see what, you know, well, let's see what, how they match up against this personnel. Man, they're watching last week's film and they're like, man, we, that's like going in to take a test and you already took the test. I mean, they just give you a test that you took last week. Let's just, just redo this one, you know, right. this type of thing. So that's where, where we're kind of at. And, you know, Kingsbury is showing his inability or, you know, it's one thing when you're in college, you can come out with the same game plan because your personnel is just better than theirs mm. and you're going to come out and play, you know, according to the talent. In the NFL, everybody's got talent out there. And separation is the coaching. And that's not to say that execution as far as our young quarterback and that offense and offensive line, everything. That's not to say they don't accept, shouldn't accept some of the blame, but it all starts at the top, if you ask me. So I can add to that real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this office was supposed to be called the air raid to start. And we know it's not, it hasn't been that. It, it, it's pretty much going to be called the ad lib raid. Ooh. Because when Cliff comes into a game, you can tell he has no clue. Even if what he has written down, he kind of goes off that script and kind of moves that script to the side and kind of just looks at the game and go, I think this will work. I think. And then when it comes to play calling, you like Ed just said, you know what's coming. It's too predictable. Like every three and out that we've had, four, four straight three and outs in every game, you know the next play that's coming is that 
a trick play. You haven't even set up a trick play to start running sweet jet sweeps and, 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 and reverses. He's starting to do all that stuff in the first of two, two drives or two plays and hasn't even set that stuff up yet. That's so he doesn't have goes. a clue what he's doing play calling. That's what I see a lot of. Okay, believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Let's take that a step further because, again, the, the Arizona Cardinals heading on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. Is this recency that we're falling victim to? So kind of like if you're in the in the corporate world or wherever wherever you work and in in, in your boss, instead of when you get your review, they only look at the last three months instead of the last 12 months. And so they're looking at And so what I mean by that, this season kind of getting off to that rough start, but last season kind of a high caliber in terms of the beginning, that first half of the season where they were really putting up the points. Are we Are we being a little bit biased because uh, with this season and not looking at more of a total picture. I'll start with you first, Ed. What do you think? I don't think so because it all looks the same. I, you know, we're we're just going off what our eyes are telling us. They, say if they'd gotten off to a quick start and then started slumping, you'd be like, well, okay, they're just in a little bit of a, uh, you know, a bad spot. This team from day one has not shown us anything uh, spectacular on either, I say not either, on any side of the ball. In normal situations, you know, we could say, well, at least our defense is playing well. Or, you know, we can always rely on our special teams to pick us up. And that's the one thing I always like to put, you know, to point out. We continue to talk about this team offensively. Right. And, you know, through the eyes of what Kingsbury should be doing, we we continue to forget he's actually the CEO of this entire team. So, you know, like if they were balling out defensively, it would be like, well, the offense will eventually catch up to the defense. Man, in this case, it's like, Y'all all sleep. You know, you know, Kyle talking about everybody need to be woke. Y'all, I mean, everybody from coaching staff to players to, you know, even Kime as far as getting better quality, you know, pieces in here to fill these holes, these major holes we have. Nobody from top to bottom, in my opinion, is doing a great job. I think we're focusing on Kingsbury in a specific manner because he does run that offense. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we forget the fact that the entire team is not playing well. And that's, you know, like we, we looked at how slow we're starting defensively or offensively, right? At the same time, we're allowing teams, their first two and three drives, you know, Kansas City, three touchdowns, three drives, you know, that type right. of thing. So it's not, I mean, it's a total failure. Something we'll obviously look at a little more as we, you know, talk this matchup, but it is a total failure. Okay. So believe in the Arizona Cardinals. Now, so we talk about the in terms of how it starts from the quarterback. The oftentimes when you hear players speak, they will echo what's what's being the the mantra, the the culture, whatever that is. So we're not. I, I'm curious as to do you think? And I mentioned this on on the Monday show, uh, Ed. And so so, what's your thoughts on this, Earl? Do you think that the locker room is starting? Are they beginning to doubt because they 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 know what's going on in the practices? They know what's being either what's being done or not being done in terms of decisions being made and being able to to make those uh, to be able to 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 be dynamic and flexible in situations. Do you think that the locker room is starting to grow tired of of that, Earl? Uh, to be honest, I don't think the locker room as players, I don't think they're growing tired of each other. I think they're seeing each other as, hey, we're trying to get better. We almost beat the number one team in the league. And, and But I think over the course of the next few weeks, if it continues to go the way it is, they will start to get tired of the coaching staff or, or, or Cliff. Right. They'll start to tune him out at some point because what you're saying, dude, is not working. What you're telling me to do is not working. What you're saying coming out of the college as this guru of the offensive guru they say i'm so tired of hearing that but if, if they if they don't start to see that stuff start to play on the field 
then at some point I would say, yeah, they would start to tune out at some point. I mean, I would. Right. Gotcha. So let's, let's start the transition then. let's look at this, this matchup. Uh, so they're heading again to Seattle. Um, they play well on the road for whatever reason. Is this an opportunity? I mean, we're, what I know that a couple of running backs were down seeing the reports coming in in terms of having to, you know, we might even have somebody get their first start this weekend in terms of in the game this week. What, what do the Cardinals need to do to be able to come out with a victory against Seattle? on the road. Cause I don't know if the 12s are as, or, or as it, the Cardinals typically play well when they go up to Seattle. So that's not, it, it wouldn't be an aberration, but given how the ebb and the up and down nature, almost like the stock market if, with this team, this, this season, what, what do the Cardinals need to do to be able to go up to Seattle and get a victory? Let's start with you, Earl. Yeah. I mean, the first thing you got to do is change your mindset. Don't go into this game thinking you're better than Seattle. You got to go into this game as, Hey man, we don't know where we are. And we, we're, we're equal with this team. We, we're, we're every other uh, uh, opponent's trap game. Mm. I mean, look look at that Eagles game. Just going back real quick. Everybody thought, oh, they fought the Eagles to the – no, well, the Eagles came in there with a thought process. That was a trap game. They knew they was playing against a team that was uh, inferior to them. So, Cardinals have to come into the mindset of, hey, like, we're not that good of a team right now. We just got to keep keep grinding, keep figuring this thing out, and don't think we're too higher than we are because if you go in there thinking, this is just Seattle, Seattle, we can beat them, they're going to run right over you. Like they all would, like every other team does. So I, I would imagine if Cliff wants to put his put his stamp on trying to change this narrative or whatever's going on with these first quarters or this these this starts is to stay with something that's going to work, and that's running the football against a team that can't stop the run. If you if you come in there and try to overthink it, they can't stop the run, so we'll trick them and try to pass it all back. <laughs> that's that's Cliff. That's Cliff. That's what he does. He's got to be disciplined enough to say, look, we're just going to line it up and, and run the ball. This team has given up 171 yards per, per rushing per team that they're playing. If we don't come in here and rush for 150, then it's on him. It's on this. They don't deserve to win that game. Okay. What you got, Easy? Earl said it exactly. I was, you know, you know, I'm not a big stat man, but, you know, digging in the stuff for our show, you know, especially on Saturday, you look at the Seahawks defense, their last in total yards and rushing yards allowed. They're 34, 31st in points allowed, 31st in rushing TDs allowed, 26th in passing yards allowed. So, right. Mm. So what that tells you right there is they got a lot of holes, right? Defensively uh, or offensively, this is a game that, by right, the Cardinals should be thinking this is a get-right game for us. We're going to go up there. We're going to get our run game established. Then we should be able to do whatever we want with these guys. Earl hit it right on the head. In Kingsbury's mind, this is like, well, if I show them how, you know, dynamic we are with the passing game this week, that might give me some of my genius back. So instead of going up there with the normal plan, let's take advantage of what they do worse. Let's run the ball down their throat, you know, however we have to do it, and then use the passing game as a – you know, uh, you know, a side effect, you know, then we'll go. Nah, he's going to go up there, in my opinion, and do the exact opposite, which yep. would be the stupidest thing in the world to do. <laughs> we should go up there trying to run the ball down their throat. Instead, we're probably not. We're going to want to show how dynamic we are, get ourselves into trouble. And then the other thing with these slow starts, you don't want to fall behind with the 12th man up there and give them any reason for you know hope we need to go up there and try to put our thumb on them right away i just don't know whether our coach has that mentality to do that you know just real quick you somebody like a belichick right he'll plan he'll have a game we've seen him 
run 60 offensive plays and 57 of them were running plays, whatever it was against the Bills a Bills, couple of yeah. years. So, yeah. so, I mean, that's the type of mentality you have to have. Make them stop what you're doing, and then you go on to the next. And I just don't think Kingsbury, he, he hasn't figured it out to that point. He's going to go up there with our normal game plan, um, let's do a lot of read at read option and see if we can get Kyler out there on the it, on the outside. It on the they, they throw it, they throw it, it out flat. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Flats a and, wide receiver screen all yeah. day. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. So so having said that, so those are the things. One of the things that's interesting to me is that not all it's not all the time that we have Cliff that gives up on the on the running game because when we look at that victory over the Las Vegas Raiders that comeback they were down and they stuck with it so there are times when you do that but I wonder if sometimes he he tries to outsmart himself so to speak to and and, and falls away from trying to stick with the run game to be that now having said that what is a good percentage what would be a good percentage to have Kyler under center. I mean, I know it's never going to happen because it's only happens like once or twice a game, but I'm just saying, because that would unlock all kinds of possibilities. We've said, we've boasted this on all the different shows that we do. What would be a good percentage? I was just curious. Cause I'm thinking, even if he was under there, 10%, 15%, just to give the, just to, even if you're running the same plays, but to be able to try to pick up a third and two without having to be in shotgun or try to be in try the, the, some of the play calls just really still per, have me perplexed. Earl, what, what's a good percentage? How many times would you like to see that young man under center in, in a game? I think it depends on the opponent. I think it depends on who you're playing against and a team that you're playing against this week. The percentages should be about 55 to 60% because mm. you don't really have to do much. Keep the ball out of Geno's hands. And that's kind of funny to say that because he's been, he's been balling. He's been putting that thing up in the air and it's all over the field. So put the ball in Kyler's hands under center and just turn around, hand that thing off to those running backs all day long. The holes are going to be there. If you stay, stick with it, if you stick with the percentage to keep Kyler under center, in my opinion, is more than 50%. It has to be. In this game, I would love to see that. I, I think I would love see, to see it. We probably see one percent. Which we're gonna see Rondell Moore run in motion and get a <laughs> two yard behind the line of scrimmage catch, and, and we're gonna keep seeing the same crap. It's about putting your personnel in their strengths. And if I had Rondell Moore with that speed, that dude would be running nine routes all day long. He don't run one nine route at all. Yeah. It's just all Cliff, man. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm on the Cliff thing right now, and I, I can't get off with it. Now, real real quick, I want your thoughts on that, Easy. But be thinking about this: Rule was let go in Carolina. Is Cliff on the hot seat? So, get real quick. So, Earl, what I mean, Earl, Ed, what do you think about what would be a good percentage you'd like to see Kyler under center if we if we could get our wish list? I'm right there with Earl because I'm thinking forty to fifty percent of the time. And the, the simple truth is, ninety nine percent of the plays that you run out of shotgun, you can run them out from under center, including the jet sweeps. Right. We've seen teams do that. So if you get him under center more, you're just giving one, the team so much more to have to prepare for. How many times could Caller be under center and run a, a boot? I mean, with his speed, you know, coming, you know, Connor seven yards deep, you know, coming downhill and you do that fake. And then before you know it, you're out the backside on the bootleg with the right. option to either run or throw. We don't even give them an opportunity to have to defend that. When you look at everything we do out of shotgun or the pistol, whatever you want to call it, with the read option, I mean, it just limits us. So I'm, I'm right there with Earl in terms of percentage-wise. We need to be under under center, I mean, extremely 
uh, more. But uh, real quickly, I will say, you guys know part of the reason, but I'm, I'm guessing part of the reason because he doesn't like to be on the center for one. Mm-hmm. The right. other part is to to play the uh, quarterback position from under center. It, it's it's more difficult. I mean, mm. because for him, especially because of his height, I always talked about, and you know I've said this before, Jay, to do those uh, bootlegs and play actions and stuff, as a, as a quarterback, you have to be able to trust your eyes to mm. take them off of the coverage and everything that's going on behind you. Right. And for him, when he does that and then has to turn around and then pick everything up and either uh, see it and then be able to, you know, um, uh, process it, He's at a disadvantage because he can't see. It's, it's almost like him starting the first three seconds of the play with somebody covering his eyes up. Right. So that, I mean, that's literally, and you know, I can understand him not wanting to do that, but as a coach and offensive coordinator, I can say, Kyler, we got to work on this. and We have to develop this part of your game, just like a Drew Brees did, just like a, a Russell Wilson, who's maybe a little taller than you, but those guys can do it. You can do it too. It would be perfect in this game, too, if he can do that, because what he would be doing is setting up the play action, especially against this Seattle team that can't stop the run, and right. you're beating them all day with the run, run, run. And if you're under center hand and you fake that handoff, you got the deep ball all day long. But if you're not okay. going to be under center, then you can, you're not going to, you're not going to fool the defense at all. Yeah. All right. So then lastly, so before we pick who's going to win, do you think that Cliff should be on the hot seat? I think it might be. It's recency, but plus we we know that he got that contract extension. But again, Rule was somebody who was given a long contract, a long you know when he came when he came to the team. And so when you have maybe ownership that says no, this this is unacceptable in terms of what we're seeing, a much more a much worse you know winning percentage than than what Cliff has. Cliff at least has you know made the playoffs and done and done that. But do you think that Cliff should be on the hot seat at all, or am I just uh, much ado about nothing at this point? Of course, he should be on the hot seat. I mean, I mean the way this offense is looking, he he's not able to adjust to what's going on in a game or whenever or his, what his team, what the personality has on his team, all these things. He's a college coach in the NFL at best. He's a, probably a glorified offensive court coordinator. So until he can get on the NFL protocol and start doing things like the NFL does, he's going to continue to be on that hot seat. And I mean, especially if it continues to happen with these slow starts and, and, and then coming into the media and not having an answer for those slow starts, you keep doing every week the same script every week. All we're doing is pretty much copying and pasting everything he say every week, and it's the same thing over and over. So, yes, he would be on the hot seat for sure. What do you What do you say, Easy? If they hadn't just given him that extension, I'd say the heat, the seat would be scorching hot because they just gave him that extension. What, what happens when you, as ownership, where – Whoever makes that decision, Kime or whoever it is, right? You give him that type of extension, you get rid of him that quickly. Then all of a sudden, you have some explaining to do, and now the the finger, the pointing starts looking back at you as well. So they're going to try to justify it as long as they can because they look like idiots if they all of a sudden, man, you guys just gave him how much money, and now you got to pay him <laughs> off how much? I, you right. know, so you know everybody wants to feel and you know at least look like they're right. They're going to try to do everything they can to justify this for as long as they can. But as this spills into later this year, and then we start looking at the off season, and then we get another repeat of this next year, it'll, it'll just, the screams are going to come louder and uh, uh, sharper in terms of people wanting him out of here. All right. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It makes you wonder how, 
does Cliff still lean on Vance Joseph from a head coaching standpoint? Because exactly, yeah. somebody on this thing, uh, on the uh, staff that he can lean on that has some real NFL experience. And I don't know if he's – I think he's just said, okay, I'm, I, I've arrived, so I don't have to listen to or where he's the man now. So, I don't know. I think he should ride on some of these, these coaches that have been on there a while and start kind of fighting – if, if if I'm Vance, every time he comes knocking on my my meeting door, I'm like, "Look, man, go go handle your business. You know, get out of here. I got stuff to do myself. You know, I'm serious. I mean, every time I turn around, you come over here with questions. You're supposed to be the head coach. Get out of my office." <laughs> Ed, Ed is Ed is ruthless. So let's get down to the picks. I had so now this is where I may start straying from what I what I originally. Uh, my original projections, but I had this originally as a C as a Seahawks loss. So I had the Cardinals winning this one. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll stick with that. I think the Cardinals will win. It's a road game. Why not? It's a it's a road game. They went on the road. They just don't win at home. So what you what you got easy? Oh man, I, I had the Cardinals coming in at two and three. No matter how they got here, and I'm coming in at two and three, walking out three and three. I'm. It's early in the week, man, and I have all rights to change my my pick, but I am no longer thinking this is a cakewalk going up there to Seattle. I am actually, believe it or not, Jay, I'm this could be a shocker. Not necessarily even a shocker. I'm thinking the Seahawks actually win this game with their advantage, you know, Geno playing well. The only thing we have to worry about is how bad their defense is, mm-hmm. but we're bad on all fronts. So yep. I'm actually going to change my pick. I'm going with Seattle in this game. At low scoring, I would say like 23, 17, something like yeah, that. Cardinals are only scoring 21 points a game. So, yeah. But yeah so. That's, that's enough said right there in Seattle. It's putting up points left and right, and no matter who they playing, they know they can't stop the runs. They're like, no matter what, we can't do that. So we're just going to fire air, air it out. And so it's going to come down to that. The defense has to start fast as well, and they haven't started fast. They, they, they give up, what, two touchdowns in a row per, you know, start of a game. So mm. if you give Seattle that, you're playing from behind again. I, I, I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to play with. I'm going to go with what's been happening until until I see it change. It's the same thing. The Cardinals are going to lose this game because they're going to come in there with a weak-minded coach, and the team's going to have a weak mind thinking, "Are we supposed to win this game?" They're going to do everything with that gun in their hand and shoot every last toe they got on their foot and shoot it right off. That's what's going to happen. Just watch it. It's going to play out exactly like that. We might have. We might just be able to do real easy. They're not going to be able to even think right. This is just how they play it. We might have Sorry. Earl on the show on Saturday. I'll just say one <laughs> last thing. Game, watch after this game, you're gonna be saying exact thing. What I was talking about. Did you see that play they did? Yeah, he should have just did. He should have. 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 <laughs> <laughs> same old, same old, bro. <laughs> I'll say one last thing. I just want to remind everybody: we are here to actually believe in the Cardinals. Yes, yes, yes. And man, they are making it hard, hard, oh, hard God. on us. To have faith in them. I mean, we, we're the home team. We're fighting for them, but in, that's the thing about other shows. Everybody wants to homer this and homer that. I'm, right. hey, bro, right. I'm trying to keep it real. And yeah. at this point, I know you guys are as well. We just, Cardinals, make us believe, man. Make us yeah. believe. I test, the help eye test help don't us lie. help you. Yeah. I, I test never lies. Uh, never indeed. lies. Indeed. So on behalf of the one and only Casual E, on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon Adams. We are presented by Bet Online. And as we always say around it, well, as I say, please tell a friend to tell a friend about what we have going on here at Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. And as we always like to say around this time, are you kidding? Appreciate you joining us, brother Earl. And shout out to my son up in Utah. He catches us every 
every time we get on. Shout out, Eddie. Guess what? That's what's up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.